Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. All right. <laughs> Overall, we have shifted. First of all, we're all in a new era, right? Yeah. That means that we're no longer even just talking about old wineskins. Yeah. Yes, there was an old wineskin, but now there's an, an old era. An era is marked by a people that want to shift the culture. We are mm-hmm. operating in a new era. Yeah. So we're not just saying old wineskin stuff. We're talking old era stuff and mm-hmm. shifting into a new era. That means he's opening up the door for absolute new strategies. He is unveiling things you've never seen before. And you may have been a Christian and reading the word for your ent- 50 years. And you're going to be like, whoa. Like when I released randomly, I think on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever it was, um, about Psalms 23, right? Did you guys remember that? Uh-huh. What scripture yeah. was it? Psalms 23? Yes. What's the beginning of it say? I'm totally drawing a blank. The Lord is my shepherd. I was like, I have a good shepherd. <laughs> I don't think that's right, but he is a good shepherd. I have a good shepherd. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He will make me lie in green pastures. I know in the old era, what I heard was, you've got what you need. So you shouldn't want anything else and he's gonna make you lie down whether you like it or not. (laughs) I don't know if you guys ever felt that, but that's how I would feel when I would read that scripture. I I have a good shepherd, so I shall not want anything, but I want so much. Well, you shouldn't, lie down. (laughs) I'm just saying my experience and if it bears witness with you, then amen. It doesn't say that. The Hebrew says, "I I, I have a good shepherd. Why do I keep saying that? The, the, you are such a good shepherd. He is such a good shepherd. And here's why. Because it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have no defect. Mm. So because I have no defect, I can actually desire the above and beyond because I'm fully restored in the fullness of who he is. That's why he's a good shepherd. So this is what I'm talking about. In the new era, you're going to get some things unlocked and it's going to be like... So when she was saying, if you're offensive or you have to look at yourself, because we might have to be like, oh, new strategies. That means the way I was doing it didn't work. We're not, it's not bad. That was awesome for then, but for now, not going to work anymore. Yeah. Okay. So that's why it can be offensive. I don't think any of us have a problem with that. But for the most part, that's a big deal. It's not normal to unveil something that's been taught to you for 50 years. It's no The English says, I shall not want. So when you start unlocking a language and saying, but do you understand the Hebrew and start getting into the deeper and you start understanding that it's like, ooh, but I never knew that. That makes me uncomfortable. Does that make sense? That's why she was praying that. So we're all right to be uncomfortable. It's a good thing. We get to move from glory to glory. It's a stretching. It's a growing. It's a, right? It's good. Okay. So where we've been, let's just say old era, right? Rescue. Salvation, not bad, not wrong, foundational. It just means we're not supposed to stop at the cross. It means there's actually more, right? You were saved for something, you weren't just saved. I'm gonna say this really quick. You weren't just saved to sit around and be a puppet and do nothing with your life and then die and then get heaven. That is a covenant with Lucifer. That's a death covenant. That says that I want death death 
to access what he said you could have here. Okay? So all this is saying is, is that we're not just stopping at salvation and then sitting around and then waiting for what's coming. Okay? That means that that's just foundational we're building. We're good? Yeah. Okay. The first pillar that he gave us in the building, meaning rescue to know rescue to build, rescue to see. This was all an underground work. Not a lot of people saw a lot of all of that that was happening. Now the world, okay, I'm going to go there too. When you look up in the sky, like when we go out there and you look up in the sky and you see the galaxies and you see the stars, what you, what you can see is as many, the stars as many stars as there are is as many grains of sand as there are on the globe. That's just what you can see. There are galaxies upon galaxies upon galaxies. Things are being uh, unveiled. Things are being created. I'm trying to get you just to understand how big he is. So when the scripture says all of creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, not the saved ones, the ones that accept the invitation to covenant through adoption because you are a king and a priest. Remember, we talked about this with the uncreated realm. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, all your giftings and all your callings, awesome. It's still earth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's just to put some things in order because things got out of order. That doesn't have anything to do with what we're supposed to be doing in the uncreated realm. So all of creation is waiting for the manifestation. That means that the stars are at war and they're looking at you going, can you get it? Because he gave, he created us as the center of his affection. There are many beings that were created. If you do not like what I'm saying, you have to read the word. There were many beating, beings, beatings, beings that, have, that were created. We're the only ones that get to call him daddy. We're the only ones that were created in his image for a purpose. And it was to redeem all that he created back to him because yeah. of choices that were made before. Yeah. Which that's, okay. Are you guys all right? Yeah. So what all of this is, is to give us the tools of how to walk as sons, which means kings and priests where we rule and reign on this earth right now. Okay. So, the, the, so what, when I say pillars, these are just the strong foundational floor level. I believe what's going to happen is the second level is going to come and the third level is going to come and it's just going to be amazing. So that's what I mean by, I don't know where we're going. I don't know the <laughs> fifth pillar or if there even is one. I don't know if we're going to the second floor or if we're going down a different corridor or if we're going into the cosmos. I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that something <laughs> opened up and it's just amazing. Okay. So the first pillar was what? Thank you. Next pillar. Ministry of reconciliation. Next one. Walking in him. Which I just got wrecked on that. Walk on water. I get to walk on you guys. Okay. Next one. All right. So we have spent two months pretty much in each of these. We're still in yada. We're still in knowing. And that's why Megan's going to release because I want to read the questions that came in about these are the pillars we've done so far. This is the one that we're in. And I'm going to read some questions that have come in about this. Okay. You guys good? Yeah. Okay. Here's the questions. Let me take a drink first. 
Yes, Megan, go ahead and come on up. Uh, all right, number one, how do I physically cling? These are the questions. How do I physically cling? How do I walk out clinging on earth? If you guys remember, the first time we released on Yada was the Hebrew word of the word no. All that means is, is that when you read in the word, the word no, it doesn't just mean knowledge. It can. That's a problem with English. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> no is the same no throughout the whole word. K-N-O-W is the same no throughout the whole word in English. But in the Hebrew, there's many different contexts. So the word yada does not mean I have knowledge of you. It means I am intimate with you. I go into you. It is a sexual word. And that's why it says Adam knew Eve and they bore a son. When you know something so intimately, something's conceived. Amen? That's what that kind of knowing is. Then Then when she released, she released what? The three C's. It was a practical teaching of how to walk out the word yada. Not only here, tonight's probably going to be a little bit more here, right? We are arcs. Yes, we synergize vertically and we synergize with ourselves and we synergize laterally. There's always multi-dimensions to the word. So the first question is how do I cling and how do I walk out clinging on earth? I believe that that's going to be answered tonight. Sorry, let me back up. What was last uh, two weeks ago teaching? The three C's. Communication, clinging, consistency. So those are three things that we can work on practically to practice pursuing, clinging, and yada-ing. That's not normal to yada. Right? We have to ask ourselves as a group of people, how do I cling? Because what does it look like to know Megan so intimately that I know her insides? Mm -hmm. I know her destiny, her calling, the way she thinks, the Mm -hmm. way that she didn't eat, the way that (laughs) where you you know she's going to eat. She's just got butterflies. It's, does it, am I making, like, you know to such a degree that here's what's happening. What's inside of her is a reflection of my creator. So I can't get into all of this, but what's inside of her is a direct reflection. This is why it's so important for you to to yada him. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, you're a reflection of something. And then I'm hanging out with you and then you're putting your... (laughs) That was ginger. Right? So, so when you spend time with him, this is part of the purpose. You become a reflector right. of what you adore is what you become. Yeah. So be careful about what you're adoring. Yeah. So if you think that you're in a room and you're all by yourself and you're adoring some things, it is going to be projected either way. It can't be yeah. hidden. Yeah. If we want him to unveil his word, he's going to unveil you. Yep. Right? So there's this, so there's a reflection in her. So when I get to know her intimately, I'm understanding facets of Yahweh that I didn't understand. And at the same time, because she's a reflector, I've got a big old mirror in front of me. Mm-hmm. I quickly find out when I'm hanging out with her what is not of God. <laughs> right? I am stretched. I am, I am, I okay. So, so 
There is an aspect, and I, and I do want to I do want to preface this and make sure that you guys understand. When she said, I have the word to know, I want to get a little bit intimate here so you guys understand our level of relationship. Is that okay? Yeah. When I first met Megan, which first of all came through a dream, God gave them, her and John, a dream, and, and the Lord said that there was an anointing that was shifting and that the answer was going to come through the brewers. So it came through a dream, we get connected, and as we began to be with each other, she said something so crazy. I've never had anyone but my husband say this to me. My life's, uh, what would you call that? Not goal, it's kind of a goal. Desire, that's cuter. (laughs) I'm like, my greatest assignment. (laughs) She's like, my greatest desire, if that's what you wanna call it. My greatest desire is to understand the complications of who you are, and I will get to the end of that maze like dad would. Everyone's like that. (laughs) Now you have to understand what she was saying. I commit my life. First of all, she's declaring I'm complicated, which was already freeing, because I thought that was a curse. It was a beautiful guard, the intricacies of my heart. That was the word. That 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 was the better word. That was the word. (laughs) That was the word. (laughs) It sounds like it's a bad thing. (laughs) Your heart. The desire of my heart is to understand the intricacies of your heart until the until the end of it, like Dad would. Not a lot of people understand that kind of covenant. What was happening though, was that the father's heart was speaking to me. I am in this with you Mm -hmm. until the end, even in the maze I have to get through, just like he would commit to you. Yeah. Because in my life up until him, it's all I got. I mean, in the natural, in your, even in our blood families, right? There's, there's times where it doesn't, it does, you, don't, you, don't necess, you don't necessarily have anything to cling on to. So that was a bold word. So when she comes to say, I've got a word about knowing, I want to make sure she has a platform that, this, that she's operating out of an experiential knowledge of clinging to him so much that he's able to be a reflection, that she's able to be a reflection on earth and is carrying something that we need. Okay, so that's the first question that's going to be answered. Second question, how do I get my heart to yearn for more than my own selfish desires? That's going to be answered tonight, right? It's a good question. <laughs> she, she released on Voxer this morning. If you don't have that tool and you want to be a part of it, get with Ellen and she'll get you connected. We are constantly like having ascension meetings and <laughs> churches and we're just like releasing revelation. But she started to release about, she flat out told all of us, if you don't want to break out of your selfish cycle, don't come tonight. And you're here. <laughs> It was the good food. Everyone's, well, I didn't have Voxer. Both the non-Voxer people. I didn't know. Not good food like the food. It was really good. That was awesome food. But I mean, like, it was good food. All right, third question. And I'm going to answer this one real quick, and then I'm going to hand it over. If he wanted to walk with us, why did he give a chance for sin? And maybe you guys would think, well, why would that question come forth? And why would we think that that is in alignment with this? I want to lay some groundwork. If he didn't give us choice, there would be no purpose. Mm-hmm. The foundation for all of this comes back to choice. Yeah. I've been getting a revelation about all are called, few are chosen. Mm-hmm. I wanna release this over you guys tonight. Cho- your choice is, is, how did I say that earlier? 
Your choice chooses you. Mm. We can totally stop here. And I'm sure heaven's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay? We can engage in this, just to get you guys excited. The revelation for blood versus blood, what was the main thing he was getting at? Just real quickly, what was it? That it's about his lineage and not ours, mm-hmm. right? Jesus is the last lineage ever spoken in the gospel. Doesn't mean blood's not important. It means it's really important. It just means that, judge, yeah. that Jesus' blood was sufficient, mm-hmm. okay? So now you can be a priest because of his lineage, not because of your family's lineage. So, okay, catch this. What's gonna come above this is we're gonna start getting into communion. We're gonna start getting into what does, the, what does the blood mean when it says that there's life in the blood? What's the untwisted version of that? What does it mean in John 6 when he said, eat my flesh, mm-hmm. and most of the disciples left? Mm-hmm. What are we seeing now in the culture about blood? There's deeper things that's gonna be going on with this. We can choose to stay here and say, well, that was a great revelation. Or we can say, I want more. Mm-hmm. I wanna know about communion. Mm-hmm. I, I wanna know about walking. You, let me just get you guys excited. You wanna know what's coming with this one? Quantum physics. If he's, see, if he's saying, okay, yeah, we can stop at the revelation that the Sea of Galilee was revolution. We can stop there and say, yay, the Sea of uh, Revolution, and I'm going to walk different and be totally satisfied. Or we can be hungry for, no, do you literally want to walk on water? Do we really want to get into quantum physics? Do we really want to get into translocation? Do we really want to get into what can be happening when you're in rest with him? That's a, that's, a, that's a quantum physics thing. That's not a biblical thing. Mm-hmm. There's a law of entanglement where you can be in multiple places at once and you can get healed in your past and find out you were together when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Me and Rebecca experienced that where we were like, oh my gosh, we're dancing. And I'm getting off track. Okay. <laughs> we were together actually when we were younger. It was destined for us to meet because, and that was, that was shown through us through Yahweh. Walking in him, I could be totally satisfied with, yeah, I'm gonna do things a little bit different. Or we can go deeper. Well, what's going to happen tonight is we've understood a little bit about intimacy and clinging. You guys want to go deeper? Amen? All right. So Megan's going to release the word, and then we will come back around if we have time. But you take your time, and we can do whatever we need to do. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. You guys can stay up. Does everybody have this? Is it okay if I erase this real quick? Okay. Okay. We're going to take our time, but at the same time, I want to make this pretty, not necessarily brief, but direct. I'm not going to get wordsy or flowery, which is going to shock you (laughs) because I like, I, I, that's in my heart. I'm kind of flowery, but, but I'm, I'm going, I'm, I would like to be able to leave some time for us to engage what it is that he's releasing tonight and to ask some questions or to at least be able to, um, to come together and see 
where it is that we need to go next. Do we need more time in this? Is this something that we'd like another month on? Uh, are we ready for something? Are we ready for what's next with blood versus blood? I mean, just, I'd like to be able to gauge as a family because this is our family dinner night, where to go from here. So I, I'm going to write some questions down and, um, and try to make it very direct, okay? more to this in a minute. Two questions. What do you value and what will knowing produce? So the word of the Lord about knowing is that we're moving out of rescue and salvation, which ultimately is our reintroduction to him into what's next into what salvation has always meant to send us into. We agreed that within the body of Christ, that there is a cycle that will happen where we'll get stuck at, I'm pointing here because it was the, it was under, it was written here. <laughs> I'm like, see this? Um, but what we mean by move out of rescue is we were rescued by him unto something for something and the opportunity that is knocking on the door for the body of Christ globally the opportunity that is knocking it is a perpetual knocking this isn't new but he's highlighting he's highlighting it in this season that we now now have an opportunity because we've walked out his salvation and freedom we are free from the things that have, have held us captive. We, we are free from those things that are, my blood is his blood now. So because I am sanctified and I am pure, I now have the opportunity to follow him and to seek him. But what for? What will it produce? Ultimately, the desire of his heart is for us all to seek him, to know him. We discussed several weeks ago that his desire is for all to know him, right? And not just in terms of salvation, but those mysteries, the mysteries of his heart that we, we have access to those, that we would be able to unlock them. But it requires something of us. It requires something of the body to follow and to seek. And so... We're, we're, we're going to get into that. Not only what will knowing produce, but how. So the last, last teaching night, we talked about um, the ways that we can know. They're not the only ways, but they're, they're examples that he gave us to help, which we talked about. Apostle Tanya brought back around the clinging, consistency, and communication, right? So those are our tools to know. Once we start utilizing those tools, 
This is what knowing will produce in kind of just a very general sense. knowing produce? It will produce hunger, more hunger. It will produce transformation and it will produce multiplication because the will of the Lord is again, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, not because we're called to bring salvation to a world, but because we are called to reconcile, to reconcile all of his children back to his heart. (laughs) Okay, this all is really exciting. To, To me, this is exciting. When I think about what knowing will produce, I think, yes, I want more hunger. Yes, I want to be transformed. Yes, I want to see the lives of other people uh, be transformed. And I want to see them get hungry for the Lord. And I want to see their lives change. And right, But, but first, before we get to this, we have to deal with a couple of things. Okay, we have to deal with a couple of things. Did everyone write this down? I wanted to give you the, 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 the hunger, the, the exciting part first. Okay. <laughs> Not to manipulate you, but to encourage you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now that you're bought into this, here we go. <laughs> read that? I will read it out loud, but feel the weightiness? Okay. I didn't know if it was just me. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. This is not a word for the world. 
This, this is not about the world. It's not about those who don't know him. This word, when we talk about the cycle and breaking out of the cycle is about the body. There is a process of maturity that a son and a daughter walks through or is meant to walk through biblically after you respond to the invitation of salvation. That is the beginning, when you become a son or a daughter, that is the beginning of a lifelong process of maturing in him as you follow him. And as you do, there are things that in you continually and consistently have to die so that they can be your character, who you are can be transformed into him so that you can literally become him on earth. Okay, so the cycle that's being highlighted is again, that cycle of salvation. And then I'm kind of satisfied with, with my deliverance, with, um, right? You might, you might become a little bit unsettled if there's something else that comes up in your life right that once again needs his needs his attention there might be that you you can get continually stirred and still be in that cycle if that stirring only has to do with you within the body right if you are perpetually consistently in i don't want to use the word need but in um if you never move from there, it is kingdom to have a need. Yes. Um, but it is not kingdom to continually need to be rescued and never mature. Does that distinction make sense? Okay, because we are on earth. We have, we have needs, right? Um, I need to eat, I need to drink. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> yes, sometimes I struggle with the most basic needs. Um, all right, so, so the cycle that the body has to break out of in order for multiplication to happen, these are the things that the Spirit of the Lord highlighted that keeps us in the cycle that we have to break out of within the body of Christ in order to, um, to see, well, hunger, transformation, and multiplication in order for those things to come. All right, so basically selfishness, it's, it's, it's rampant, it's, it's rampant within, I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking again about within the body of Christ because ultimately if once you once you experience freedom in him you should there should be a hunger that comes to know more of him and once it does that hunger that hunger it's like it should be insatiable but if it's not I will tell you it is because of these two things 
It is because of these two things. And these two things, what's hard is that they just, they just feed each other. They're almost, it's like, okay, so, so if when I met him, it was because I was, I was broken and I was, I was desperate and I had all of the, I mean, what, however you, you met him for the first time, right? We all have a different story, but however that looked in your life, it's like it, I gained something. It profited me somehow. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That's his gift to us. But I can stay in a place where that's all I desire. All I'm hungry for is my own personal, what I will gain. How does it benefit me? How will I profit from this? And if I'm not, then I probably just won't do it. Now, complacency comes in. Complacency comes in because you will be proud of yourself. (laughs) Right? Like when, okay, I (laughs) will... I overcome, I overcome something in my life and it is powerful and I am proud of myself. And I'm like, man, I did such a great job. I I overcame that. I feel good about where I'm at. I feel good about that. So then I just stop. So then I just stop. That hunger within me, it dies. I'm, no, I'm, I'm not hungry. I'm not hungry for that. And then what creeps in, what's hard about this word is it's literally like this. It, it, it's, it's literally like this. So, so we're gonna have to grab a hold of it in all of that. <laughs> but yes, it's the chicken, it's the chicken and the egg. So, so either way, it's like when we move from glory to glory, we're in our maturity, right? And as he begins to unlock new things, unto us, I can begin to feel pleased with where I'm at. And it's, and then I'm just, it's enough. It's enough for me there that that hunger dies down because we allow it to, because ultimately most people within the body of Christ, they don't recognize that they are inherently selfish, that they are complacent. We've talked a lot about complacency. That word gets that word gets used a lot, but do you understand what it means? And do you understand how easy it is to operate in complacency? A feeling of being pleased with oneself. How often do we fe- do we feel that? Man, I just took on the world. So I'm just going to I'm just going to lay low for a while. Right? I'm just going to let it lie for a while. And then what happens is that that cycle, that healthy cycle of hunger, transformation, multiplication, hunger, transformation, multiplication, it never has an opportunity to build, to gain momentum to where you're running at the pace where like cities are being transformed and nations are being transformed and his character is being reconciled his name his name is being built back up it's being restored is being honored those things aren't happening because the body of christ not the world 
because the body stays here. And again, it feels good. It feels good. You are satisfied with yourself. You are pleased with the work you've done. And what's hard is it is justified. You can justify it. Complacency is an unjustified feeling, but we will justify it all day long. All day long. Well, it was really hard for me to walk through this. Like, give me credit for that. And God's like, but I walked you through that to get you over here. And you're like, yeah, but this was so much hard work. So I'm kind of, you know, you know, versus like, all right, Lord, what else do you have? Let's go. Okay, yeah, I defeated that. What else do you have? Yeah, I won that heart to Christ. Okay, what else do you have? You know, we just, we kind of just, we just settle. And the issue with when we talked about what do you value? That was the other question, right? What do you value? It it's all do you only value when you personally profit? Within the body of Christ, how many times has someone been hungry when they have a need when there is You're going to have to let me use that word, okay? When they have a need, when there is destruction in their lives, when there is turmoil, when there is when there is devastation in their lives and they are hungry for prayer and they are hungry for relationship and they are hungry for the word. And then that 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 issue or that circumstance settles down, the Lord comes in and he flips their world upside down and he transforms that situation, right? And then you never hear from them again. Or you never see them making waves in the community or you never see until there's another there's another prayer request. We need prayer. We need family. We need each other. That's not that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the body will operate in a cycle because of selfishness and complacency because we are tricked, we are duped to believe that our lives essentially are about us, are about what we will how we will profit, what we will gain, right? And how awesome we are. That then that that then we're 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 satisfied. When he literally, I mean, in the word, the people who were closest to him, their hunger was insatiable, insatiable. And they experienced some of the greatest, not only personal transformation, that's where it began. That's where it began. They were personally transformed and then they yearned for him the rest of their lives. They yearned for him and everywhere they went, they went, they, I mean, they literally traveled the, to the ends of the earth on his behalf because they, they were so hungry and that hunger produces, what does transformation mean? What does it mean to be transformed? So when, so when you hunger for him, you begin to pursue him. And as you pursue him, we're not talking about knowing about him. I'm talking about being intimate with him, that the intimacy that births something in me. When I begin to do that, I become transformed into his image. I literally, I begin to become him. 
And as I become him, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, the world takes notice and multiplication can happen. But it, can't, it, it literally, that, that healthy cycle of hunger, transformation, and um, multiplication, thank you, that cycle will get cut short every single time. Every single time. It could get cut off at hunger. It could get cut off at transformation because maybe, maybe you were transformed a little bit and it filled up your pride so much and you feel so awesome about the work that you've done that you literally end there, right? And the only things that you're now hungry for is, you know, Netflix and um, a cold... cold <laughs> and Disney Plus, but I love Disney Plus. Um... <laughs> I'm like, you're allowed to be hungry for that too, a little bit. Um, <laughs> right? But, but, that, but, but then, then you step into that unhealthy cycle and it gets cut off wherever it may be. You may experience, again, some level of hunger. You may experience some aspect of transformation. You may even participate in a little bit of multiplication. Right? But then that feeds the cycle because then you're back to like, oh my gosh. I'm so pleased. Like, I shared the word and they, like, they received Jesus into their heart. And, and I'm not mocking that because that's the first step. But it's the first step. Right? So then, so then what can happen is if, if the body of Christ as a whole operates in this, then what you end up, do you know what we're producing? I'm like waiting for someone to yell. Do you know we're producing the same, we're producing babies that live the same lifestyle. <laughs> you guys, so if, so if we don't, if we don't learn, if we don't learn how to operate fluently within that healthy cycle and to continuously that that hunger, that hunger should only grow. It should only grow. If it's not growing, there's something else. There is something else that you are more hungry for. That's the bottom line. If it doesn't grow, there is something that you are more hungry for. Okay, because he's literally meant to be your only source. He is literally biblically in the depths of your heart, how he created you to be reconciled to him, you should only be satisfied by him. Okay? And the body of Christ is meant to replicate that. There's no way we can replicate that if we don't understand how to do it ourselves. If we're not hungry, if I'm only hungry for Netflix, then anyone that I lead to salvation, I'm literally, once they're saved, I'm never gonna talk to them again. I'm not saying there's not like drive-bys, you know, where, <laughs> you know, where, where you're like, the Lord loves you. And, you know, and you're like literally driving and you're like, I hope we meet again. Um, Cause I'm sure, I'm sure everyone's so aware of their surroundings that you recognize, you recognize, right? When someone needs a word, no matter how busy you are, we all operate like that. So... <laughs> I'm just, I know, 
I know we don't. I know we don't because there would be more multiplication. But, but, well, really, really, how long, how long, I want to ask, how long should it take to transform a city? How long should it take if, if the entire body of Christ, I want to know how many churches we have. If everyone within the body of Christ was so insatiably, literally never satisfied, not in an, un- never satisfied because there is so much more of him. There is always so much more of him that if I was that hungry and my whole life was laid down in however that looks for you, my whole life was laid down to literally follow him to the ends of the earth, however that looks, again, however that looks in your life, if that was my life, how many people would be radically transformed and not just saved, but be sent into a lifelong relationship with their father? A lot more than what we see now. A lot more. I don't know, I don't know if we're not aware of the cycle And we are now, yes. And I just mean in general, as the, as the body, I don't, I don't know if we're unaware because these things can be very deceptive. I mean, there is, there, there is a tactic for reproduction to not, right? There, there is a tactic that comes against reproduction. Or the tactic could be, go ahead, save them all but they're never going to have his fullness. What what are we being denied? What what are we missing out on? Right? What are we missing out on if I just live the rest of my life saved but never I never have an experiential knowledge of who he is. Ultimately what that means is I will never be reconciled to his heart. If I don't ever have fullness, his fullness, I'm never fully reconciled back to his heart, which is his desire. And not only is it his desire for you personally, but it's meant to produce more, right? That is what leads to multiplication because you cannot deny, I don't remember that quote, but it's like you can argue, you can argue with someone all day long, right? But you can't argue with a man who's had, who's had an experience. Is that what that, I don't remember that quote, right? How true is that with the Lord? I've had, I've had conversations with people before because I, I have experienced a healing from a, from a disease and I'll have people that tell me, I don't think God heals anymore. I'm like, <laughs> You know, like, and they're, 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 they're talking about it theologically. And I'm like, well, then how do you explain? Like, then I don't know how to make sense of what happened to me. I'll tell you what happened. And then we can just try to reconcile it with your theory. Right? We're meant to experience him, but we stop at this level of, okay, well, now I know you're real so I can live the rest of my life satisfied, satisfied 
that at least I know you're real. And when I die, there's safety in knowing that I'm going to heaven. That's it. And the body is responsible for producing that mindset. There is, there is no one else that you, there is no one else that can take ownership of that. There is no one else that can take ownership of that because the only ones who have had that responsibility bestowed upon them is us. I don't know what to say about that. Okay. Thank you. Does everyone have those definitions so they can take them home and ask the Lord to help you make a list of of in all all the ways that that we operate in selfishness, all the ways we operate in complacency? Because can we can we stand can we stand on the prophetic word that Flagstaff in Arizona that we are spearheads? So can I tell you this? Can I tell you this, that if this family, if this body in this house or bodies in Northern Arizona do not receive that word and do not take the breaking of this cycle seriously, we won't see it. If we are the only ones who can break the cycle and you truly want to see transformation, in the culture of Northern Arizona, then you have to take this seriously. Which is why the word that was released on Voxer was, if you're not ready, if you're not willing, that's okay, but then don't waste your time. Don't waste your time receiving the word if all it's gonna do is irritate you and you're just gonna remain selfish and complacent. Because what he needs is for a, he needs sons and daughters to recognize that the body of Christ is responsible for multiplying selfishness and complacency to such a degree that we will not endeavor to follow him to the ends of the earth. Okay. There was something else I wanted to write down. Hmm. I'm gonna put these, the healthy cycle back up. I want to give you guys a warning. Okay. I want to give you a warning. When he makes the cycle known, you will quickly learn what you value and what you don't. Okay. And that is a warning because it will hit you hard. But it's not meant to cause fear. It's meant to expose the level of opportunity and grace that he is extending to the body of Christ. If you choose to respond, 
okay? Because I don't believe that, I don't believe that I'm, I'm so in tune with him and I'm so, that nobody else knows this. I, I don't believe that. I believe, I believe that this is something that people have been made aware of in their own lives within the body of Christ to, to some degree or another and choose to remain where they are. So you do have a choice, but that choice depends on ultimately what you value or what you don't. Do you only value him when he's responding to your need? Do you only, write it down. Do you only value him when he's responding to your need? Because if the body of Christ only values him, when he's responding to our need, how in the world is the body of Christ going to put value in anyone else? Right, okay, so ultimately that would mean when I'm personally satisfied, I will consider that other, son, other, other sons and daughters are not reconciled to his heart. I will literally live my life completely lackadaisical and unconcerned with the fact that there are those who believe who believe that he's not good who believe that he's a liar who believe that he causes suffering who believe that he um he destroys lives right who believes that not only is he is is the issue isn't if people don't think he's real or not, it's what they think about him when they believe he's real. That, that's the issue. Is anyone in the body of Christ concerned about what the world says about him enough to do something, to step out of selfishness and complacency and only hunger for him? It's, and it's, it's heartbreaking that this is a radical thought. within the body of Christ. In the world, okay, they don't know to hunger for anything else. They are justified. They are justified because they don't know. But once you know, what is your excuse? What is our excuse? We have none except for I'm, I'm selfish and I'm complacent, and I don't want to have to do the work that it takes to follow you. I'm good when I get to sit here in the pit of despair and you extend me your hand and you rescue me from my despair. I will receive that all day long. But the second you call me and you say, I'm not concerned with that. I need you to lay it all down and I need you to come follow me. And he starts walking. And you're like, oh, well, I, I, well, I, I've got this, I've got this, and I've, uh, right, right? And then once again, a year from now, or however long, I'm back in the pit of despair, and, right? That's, okay, so if that is you, if that is us within the body of Christ, 
We are in a cycle that does not produce transformation or multiplication. It cannot. All it will reproduce is more selfishness. You will lead others into the same lifestyle that you have led, where they will learn to call you when they are in the pit of despair, but they will never learn what it looks like to follow him because they don't see it done. By those who say, who declare from their lips, oh, I know, I'm, I know him. I know him. And Jesus is saying, I'm sorry, but I haven't actually met you. Right? Your ministry was powerful. Yeah. Man, you worked hard. But, but I, I, didn't, I didn't know you. Is, is, that is not what the body of Christ is called to reproduce. One of the pillars, uh, they all just, you know what I mean when I do this. <laughs> they all, yes, they're, they're all so interde- interdependent, um, if that's a word, on, on one another. And when we talk about walking in him, there is, there is no, there's no transformation that comes when you can't, when you literally don't walk as him. No sustainable transformation or multiplication, right? And the only way for you to become him is to know him. The more time I spend with him, the more I take on his characteristics and I literally become, I become a reflection of who he is that is actually who he is. And when I start to walk that way, that's when multiplication happens. But none of that, none of that is possible until you pursue and you follow and your desire is to know him and to unlock those things in him, right? So this cycle, the more we know him, this is how it's supposed to work, okay? The more we know him, the more hunger will arise. Because once you get, once you get a, a taste of who he, when you experience, but that's the difference. Because I can, I can just kind of like read about him all day and I can study the law. And that gives you, that gives you some, some knowledge of who he is, right? But until I begin to experience him and know him in that intimate way, right? Knowing is an experience. Intimacy is an action. It's an activity. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's an activity. So, so when I know him in that way, more hunger will arise. Does that not happen with our earthly bodies? More hunger arises when you experience intimacy. It's, it's meant, to, it's, it's not by accident. It's not by accident. So the more we know him experientially, the more hunger will arise 
And what happens when you're, what happens then is that you begin to become him. And once you become him, you immediately recognize what isn't. You immediately recognize what isn't, which allows you to fully multiply. Because if I don't know what's not him, I mean, I'm not, how, how, can, you, how can you multiply him when you don't even know him? It's, none of that makes sense. I don't know how we function like that. It doesn't even practically make sense. Okay. So the more, we will, the more we know him, the more hunger will arise. The more we recognize what is not him, the more we will be transformed as him, right? And the world will be reconciled back to him. That is the healthy process. And not only is it, is it the kingdom process, but it is literally the only desire of his heart, which is why he made it to work this way. He created us to be reconciled back. I mean, he created us to literally never leave his side. But then he sent his son so that we would have the opportunity to follow him so that we could be reconciled back. Right? But not just us. The world. The world. Okay. I feel like um, we should probably, it's 8.18. I'm not necessarily concerned with time, but I want to honor that it is family night. And I'm not concerned with time because the Lord's given us permission to take our time. So if there is more that we need to, that, and there is, there's more, I would love to get more into what we value. And there, there, there is a word about what we value as this changes that absolutely affects, or I should say will be made manifest in your life on earth. What you value as we are pr- being provided the opportunity to break out of the cycle. You will, you will learn quickly what you do value or what you value most or what you're truly hungry for or what you have the most tenacity to chase after. Right? So don't be surprised in this season. Well, there's a couple practical things. Um, can I give a, a quick example about um, money giving to make us more uncomfortable? I'm like... What do we need to talk about next? Money. Um, <laughs> just so we can leave really fired up. All right. Here's a really practical example. Do you respond with your giving? And this is not, I'm not trying to get you to give more right now. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to provide for the body of Christ an example, a practical example of something that we would encounter in our lives consistently. One of those is that if you are a, if you are a church member, you tithe, right? Okay. 
does your giving, do you give more when you're in a season of desperation and then your giving dies down when you're, when you're doing good? You don't have to answer that right now. It's just an example, okay? Some of the things that I've seen within, within the church in general, within the body, conferences, things like that, ooh, people get fired up when they are invited to respond and, and the word is about a physical healing or some, <laughs> I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying that's bad, but what I'm saying is, is there consistency in that? What do you value? Because ultimately, if he's, tr- if he's trying to break us out of a cycle, he's gonna show us, yes, you do only value what I have or who I am when you're in need, when you're desperate, when you're in crisis. Think about the ways in your life in which you respond as a believer. I will see people run down the altar, at, run down to the altar at conferences when there's a word that benefits them. And then when there's a word that benefits someone they've never met, everyone's like, oh, I didn't bring my, I don't know. Like, you know that awkwardness when people are like, oh, I wish, let me, hold on. Oh man, no, I didn't. If I did, I would have been like all about it. I, I'm not. I'm not mocking. But but we have we have to be able to flip our mindset about what do we value and in what ways do we value Him. Do do that, and that's just money. That's just money. That's one. That's one area of your life that could expose what you val- how you value Him how you see him. It's just like when our, and we are going to have, we're going to have a meeting in May that's specifically about finances. And the Lord, that's one of the reasons I used it as an example, because the Lord gave me a specific word uh, that actually said, we don't value motherhood and fatherhood. That was the word. And so we're going to, uh, we're going to, so we're going to dive into that in May when we have our, um, our family meeting because I do believe that there is a greater response when even our leaders in general, if leadership grabs a hold of this word and all of a sudden they say, man, I just want, I want you to run and I want you to run and I want you to run and I've got to go follow him now so I can't be available to meet all of your needs anymore, right? If the, if the whole body of Christ wakes up to this cycle and they say, I don't wanna live, I don't wanna live in that cycle anymore. I wanna break out of that. Okay, and, and God's like, all right, you wanna break out of it? I need you to leave your church. I need you to do this. I need you to lay this down. I want you to, whatever that looks like. And all of a sudden the people are like, but, but what about me? What do, what do I do? I, I, need, I need you, I need you. And then all of a sudden, they no longer value that leader anymore. Well then, do you get what I'm saying? So those are some things that are going to begin to get stirred up in us as we press into this word and we make the decision 
to choose, we, we make the decision to break out of this cycle or to stay where we are. And it's, it's, it's hard because I, I can see what could happen, right? You know, I mean, we're, we're, a, we're a close family, so I don't believe that that will happen. But within the body of Christ, there will be some who will choose to break out of this cycle and it will cost everything. It will cost us everything, but we will see transformation and we will see multiplication. Do you value that or not? It's a simple word, it's a simple question. But for Flagstaff and for Northern Arizona, he is awaiting a response from you, from me. He is awaiting a response. He's made it pretty clear what he, what he needs. Do you care about what he needs? Has anyone even, I could keep going, but <laughs> have, have, have you asked him what he needs? Again, if we, live in a, if we live in a cycle where we only come to him when we are in the pit of despair, or it is continually about you, about me, am I even aware of his desire? Am I even aware of what he needs accomplished? God, this is what I have going on today. This is what I have planned today. This is what I have planned for next year. This is my life plan. <laughs> this is my goal. This is my, right? What does he need? What does he need? And the natural response from being rescued and reintroduced to him is meant to be, can I tell you what it's meant to be? Okay, this is my dad. Okay, this is the father. And he rescues me. My response is meant to be, thank you, what do you need? That's it. Thank you, what, what do you need? How can I respond to this gift you've given me? I don't even know where to begin. I'm so humbled that you would run a relationship with me. You're the creator of, you're the, creator of the world and you want to know me intimately and you want, you want to give me access to all of who you are. I'm so overwhelmed by that, what can I do? Oh, just give you my day? Oh. Sounds pretty, oh, wow, okay. But the, but the body's like, give you my day? I have plans. Until all of a sudden my plans are in shambles and I need you. All right, 
so um, I I feel I didn't I didn't really leave a lot of time for questions. Um, Apostle Tanya, Apostle Justin, can you guys come back up? just release um, you know just kind of cover that word and release um, what you feel like we maybe need to go home with <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what do we take from this how do we move forward um, did if I didn't make it clear the answer <laughs> sorry the, I was serious but the um the 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 answer to how do you break out of selfishness? Did do you feel like you understand how to do that? Okay. If you're having trouble breaking out of that cycle, hunger. Hunger. Because once you begin to know him, you can't you can't you can't stay in selfishness. You can't, but you do have to choose. You do have to choose. You can choose to only be hungry for the things of the world. When he says, if you just, if you just ask me for hunger, if you ask me for hunger, I will give you this little taste of me, this little dose that you can handle (laughs) right now. Right now it's just a dose, but it will be enough to where you will realize everything you've been missing and I promise you'll want more. And as you begin to desire more, right? As you begin to desire more, you will quickly learn that you have to lay your life down. That you can't have full access if you're selfish. It's not possible. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I'm like, when I hang out with her? I'm, I'm, what I'm, what I'm wanting to do to just end tonight, there's not really a whole lot to do to end that, but wanting to just set us up for the next month is kind of how I'm, what I'm wanting to just submit to the Holy Spirit uh, about because we were leaning in about if next month was going to be another pillar or if it was going to be going deeper into them and uh, what it f- what it feels like if in May we're going to be doing our next family meeting is going to be what she talked about basically our yearly financial meeting there is some crazy testimony coming and that goes into what what is that that's a, an example what what do we value yeah when it's need based <laughs> guys we got to pay the we got to pay the building uh we'll give we're debt free we've invested over $100,000 we're going to be ECFA accredited i mean it just goes down and i mean we have an oversight CPA never in the history of 65 years in our ministry have we had anybody outside the body look at our finances we have an overseer CPA that gave a stamp of approval with an audit review that basically says you are walking in so much integrity 
and then to get ECFA accredited. We've got all these testimonies to give. And then that's when people are like, oh, well, then we're good. Now we've been, we're rescued. Now we get to build and be able yeah. to move forward. So, that, so that's the kind of stuff that she's talking about. So if we're going to do that in May, then I am feeling like then what we should do for May is how do you guys feel about just, I don't want to, that's kind of counterproductive to say slow down. When I feel like he's saying pick up the pace. So I'm like, I'm kind of like, next one, you know, yeah. um, I think for May, we need to stay on knowing. Um, And we're gonna be doing a little bit more review. What I've been feeling is a little bit more review on some foundational things because I'm watching some things kind of pop up that we're forgetting about some foundational things. For example, like Hebrew mindset. Yes. We're not gonna be able to understand a hard word like complacency and selfishness if we don't understand a Hebrew mindset. Mm -hmm. We're not Greek-minded people, black, white. We're not Western culture. God is linear. Then this, then this, then this. Hebrew mindset is cyclical. Yeah. That's why she keeps talking about, yeah, that's this thing. (laughs) It's sick, where you end is where you begin. Yeah. So where you begin is where you end. And so yeah. there, I don't want us to keep thinking. It's like um, if I'm talking with Janina and she has a perspective of the Lord, I can't come in with my own filter and be like, nah, nah. There's an aspect of what she carries. There's an aspect of what I carry. Hebrew people begin to find out what Yahweh's saying between both perspectives. I want to make sure that we're going to walk in those type of words, complacency, selfishness, and transformation, and costing us everything under a Hebrew mindset. Yeah. Or the language. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so there's some things that I feel like we just kind of need to just kind of linger, like you said, and prepare. How does that sound? With some review on some foundational things to then jump into June into the next pillar. Does that sound? So we'll just kind of, and we'll just see how it, how it flows. Next week is worship. So, and we're in the month of IR. We haven't talked about that yet. I'm pretty sure that's the prophetic month. That's the other thing too. I want to make sure we review. I had somebody literally openly tell me, what's with the whole Hebrew calendar thing? Because I don't really pay attention when you talk. Well, that was five years ago. So if we woke up out of this into things, I want to make sure that we have, I'm, you guys know that I like, I'm dead. So I don't get offended. Like I'm offense free. So I love that. I was like, thank you for your honesty because now we're actually having a conversation and I'm able to release it. And now all of a sudden heaven's opened up of, oh, I didn't understand that then, but I understand it now. So there's no, it's an awesome thing. But if we don't understand the Hebrew calendar, if we're not understanding the months and the tribes and all that kind of stuff, then let's just, let's get some foundational things so we can understand what these pillars are sitting on, right? Because to me, we're walking on a Hebrew mindset. And sometimes what I'm seeing, a lot of the transformation that we need to break out of is just getting out of the Greek, Greek culture. Yeah. She's talking about transforming nations. She said, how long would it take? Mm-hmm. Well, God's outside of time. So yesterday. Mm-hmm. It can happen yesterday. Your face. Okay. We have to spend so much time just understanding that we are being robbed from the fullness that he called us to because we have to spend all this time just waking up out of religion. Yep. Then we just have to wake up out of false doctrine. Then we have to wake up out of uh, being an orphan. 
So that's what's taking so long is because we're not operating in our fullness. So these words aren't words of condemnation, but they're words that should bring hunger for us to recognize that there's more. Mm -hmm. When she says that we're not walking in the fullness, that makes me like, when I'm over here amening it, I'm not like, yeah, do you guys all got that? I'm over here like, because when she said, I'm good, do you guys know that last October, the Lord sent me into a place of rest? So I've been laying around. Totally, I'm good. I mean, not really, but I've been on Netflix a little more. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with Netflix. It's okay. No, it's a narrow but. road. <laughs> it's a narrow road. <laughs> I want to binge that. I've been watching the story of Matthew, okay? <laughs> but I mean, how many of you get on your phone and just candy crush? or swipe through Facebook or social media and all of a sudden we're in like an uproar and we have no idea where yeah. it even came from. Yeah. We're just following man in the latest yeah. social media news. And then what we hear a lot is, well, I just don't have time for him. Okay, so when we're looking at what we value, what do you have time for? Within the body of Christ, what do we make time for? Because that is one thing that I, that. That, that we will hear over and over again is if someone comes to you, you know, in need or even in, in of ourselves, well, have you asked the Lord about that? I, I don't really have time. Okay. So what do you make time for? What do you value? What are you hungry for? Sorry. No, it's good. So I just want, I want to humble myself because when I'm over here like amening, when he told me to lay everything down and evaluate some things and I haven't been on Tuesdays with Tanya and he just kind of had me come into him, I didn't understand rest. So I've been good on the latest revelation. So what's happening right now is he's beginning to teach. I'm going to say this and I hope that it comes across right. Mm -hmm. We were mantled to lead. So we do get hit first. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would say I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. And he's telling me you're not hungry enough. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I, he, I've been hungry and he's still telling me that yep. there's a level of complacency yep. because I was thinking, okay, I'm supposed to rest. So I've been taking a back seat. And what he finally revealed to me, do you know what rest means? It means stop doing what you were doing before. Ginger. <laughs> I'm on the mic. That's why she's my Holy Ghost laughter partner. Stop doing the old era. God didn't stop working. So I'm like, ooh, a season of rest. I'm not going to work or do anything. I mean, I, you guys understand. Yeah. But there's a level of what he's getting me hungry for is that the next level of glory is that he's basically saying that I wanted you to just stop doing what you were doing before because I'm taking to another level yeah. of glory, right. which means there's actually more work involved, yep. which means that work is rest. Yep. What? <laughs> but here's the thing. When she says, how do you transform a region? How long? The strategies that he's revealing to me, which sons are waking up all over the globe. Yeah. 
they're just weren't indoctrinated by church. They're not even church people. Mm-hmm. They believe in the next great awakening and they are after this culture being transformed and they were never, ever, 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 ever in church. So all of a sudden they wake up to an awakening, they understand the fullness and they're just walking in quantum physics because they didn't have to spend 20 years untwisting lie that. after lie after lie, Heart hierarchy and church culture and Greek mindsets and wrong words and... Yeah. They didn't have to do that. So now that we've done that, right? Yep. We're going to begin to operate in the fullness. Yeah. The fullness means that what God's been showing me is that there are strategies that are going to begin to come in the deeper pillars that is going to allow you to work and do more than you ever have before. And it's going to be supernatural. Yeah. So it has something to do with what, what I'm trying to get at is in an old era, we believed that you had to go to a priest to hear him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you transformed that you were able to hold hands with him, sit with him, right? I can encounter him by looking at his face. Oh, he showed me his face. Mm-hmm. Then that became, that became, are you guys hearing what I'm saying? The strategies that are going to begin to come is he's having us engage in our fullness So when I say fullness, we have to understand what is the fullness. It says that Jesus performed all these things. He walked through walls, through people. He raised people from the dead. And he said, you're gonna do greater. And everything I did wasn't even written in the books. And you're gonna do greater. So what are we being robbed from by not being able to break out of this cycle? Yeah. It's hard when you hear a weird word. I don't want to be selfish. I want to encourage you guys that when you break out of this, you're actually going to be so fulfilled. It is crazy. Yeah. yeah. The enemy wants to trade with you and rob you and say, just stay selfish. Let me trade with you. Give me that gift. I'll give you this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you do that, then you're capped And then you're not walking in your fullness. And then it seems like, oh, but I don't want to get out of my selfishness. No, really, if you did, you would absolutely be ultimately fulfilled because you're going to be walking in greater dimensions. You're going to be able to transform regions yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's like in the old era, it would be, what I'm trying to get at is things in the old era would be like warfare. Or um, I'm going to go eyeball to eyeball with that demon. And we're going to spend nine hours in a prayer meeting. Okay? Great for that season. The fullness of Yahweh? Yep. It's done. Where'd it go? (laughs) We actually, in the old era, provided a framework for the demons to live because we gave them so much glory and honor that they lived here. I have creative power. Mm -hmm. Yahweh's up here like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. right so when we begin to get out of that cycle and begin to follow him we begin to follow his ways and not our ways yeah but our ways feel good i felt like i did something i prayed for nine hours right and then the world's like what are you doing i'm laying in my bed i'm not talking about what i've been dealing with (laughs) i'm talking about being able to lay down in his rest in my flesh because i'm able to access things in different dimensions so when she's talking about this i just want you guys to get excited because all we're doing is breaking out of that earthly selfishness to be able to walk in him which ultimately fulfills you back to your original creation yeah right Mm -hmm. yeah gonna get fun 
But here's what is crazy. When you bring words like that, it's not, I don't know how to, I don't know how that's not attractive. I don't know how it's not, but when she says this, I want to honor that we've been through that. When she's talking about even leaders and what do we value, we, there, what do we value when all of a sudden we went through a seven year season where we like, we got nothing. Mm-hmm. We quickly found out whether we were valued or not because yeah. we didn't have the latest program. Yeah. So there is a level of where ultimately it's not valued. But he's wanting to raise up a company of people who knows their identity, who walk in the fullness, because that is what's going to bring transformation. Yep. And it can be from a place of rest. Yeah. So. That's good. Amen. So I think next, next month we will just linger in knowing, maybe in just all the pillars, whatever comes up, all the pillars, all of the foundational things, and then we will um, move forward in June. Does that sound? Yeah. Do you bear witness with that? Um. And I, I do want us to understand when we leave here that we have, when we go back to why did he create us to have a choice? Mm-hmm. Because that is ultimately love. Mm-hmm. If, he, if we didn't have a choice, we would be created to just be like. Mm-hmm. So there's access. Mm-hmm. The spirit of adoption is the access point to the fullness of how much you choose to give. What's that scripture? The honor of Yahweh is to conceal a matter. The honor of, uh, it, it's, a, it's the glory of kings to search it out. Yep. There are things that are concealed that he wants his kings to rise up to begin to search out a matter. And yeah. we're gonna begin to search out those things. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Okay. So let's just, I just want to pray and just seal everything. So let's just stand up and just, just close your eyes. And I just want to convey a vision that I was seeing as Megan was teaching tonight and bringing this word. And if we're honest with ourselves, the interesting thing about this is if, if any of us are saying, well, that word wasn't for me, then we're already making the decision that Mm -hmm. she talked about. Right. If we're if if it, this word isn't beyond anybody, mm-hmm. because it's talking about hunger, mm-hmm. and if we're honest with ourselves, if we say, "Well, I'm hungry enough," then you're already picking, you're already choosing wrong. Amen. So I just want to cl- close in prayer, and I want to convey this to you. When th- when the enemy gets us in that cycle, he's killed our witness. He's killed our witness. When somebody's on trial, you see it. You see it with evil all the time. When somebody's on trial, they beat a case by killing the witness. They get to what they wanted to get to. They beat the system by killing the witness. And the Lord was showing me that the enemy has has achieved in the body of Christ. He's killed our witness. And so, Lord, I just... If you bear witness with that, if you if if you feel that in your spirit, the Lord wants the Holy Spirit wants to come and revive your witness. He wants you to be hungry. We all need to leave out the doors hungry. So Lord, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for this word, this tremendous word 
that's not beyond anybody in the body at whatever level of glory they're at, Father. Whatever level of hunger that we're at, God, that we would hunger more for you, that we would follow you more closely. That our witness in that, our witness would be revived to where people couldn't help but know about our experience with you, Father. And so, Lord, we just thank you tonight. Touch every single one in here, Father. The witnesses that the enemy has killed, our witness that the enemy has killed and trapped in that cycle, the witness that he's imprisoned in that bondage, in that cycle. Father, open the, open the gates. Open the gates. Revive the witness right now in each and every one of your sons and daughters. Some of us have voluntarily allowed our witness to die. Holy Spirit, just blow breath into our witness, Father. Inspire that hunger that all of us would leave. And the first thing we would do, practically, the first thing we would do is, is just hunger after you. We would say a prayer to you, Father, in our time with you. And we would say, give me the hunger back. Give it back. And so, Lord, we just speak that over your bride. We speak that over your bride, that the witness would not be killed. Our witness would not be killed, that you're reviving it in this time. We thank you for this timely word. It's not just a word for our region. It's a word for the global body of Christ. And so, Lord, we just thank you. Just seal that in our hearts tonight. Father, let us not walk out the doors without acknowledging what you've laid before us, Father, because you are making us more accountable you're giving us more clarity. You're letting us see it. And so there is more of a danger of lukewarmness, Father. So let us not be lukewarm, Father. Let us hunger after you like never before. In Yeshua's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomairsflag.org. Thank you.